The game is over, which means the Suns Jam Session is beginning. Welcome once again, Suns fans, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Unfortunately, you are if you are joining us live, you are watching this following a pretty disappointing loss by the Phoenix Suns to the Denver Nuggets on the first game of a back-to-back. They were up by 14 at halftime. They lost 130 to 126 in, in overtime. The things you don't want to see on the front end of a back-to-back, it all happened. You had an opportunity to rest your starters in the fourth quarter, to go up big, to sustain a lead, to put your neck on or your, your foot on their neck and carry that over into the second game. On the other side of that, reality struck. The Suns let the Nuggets back in the game. For, they forced an overtime. Looks like Dem Booker tweaked a hamstring. Chris Paul ran into somebody at the end of the game, and he was hobbled. All of the things that you don't want to see in a back-to-back. So, Matthew, as I join you into this podcast, uh, one, how you doing? And two, uh, are, are we going to be okay? You know, this is like what happens every season, right? It's like a loss like this. And the two little injuries you have to worry about for the next few days. But you can't really worry about it too long because tomorrow night's the next game. I wouldn't be surprised if Booker is out. This is just how it works. But I hate overtime. I just hate it. I feel like the Suns are 0-100 when it comes to overtime games. They can never win an overtime game. Especially when you got a back-to-back game going into that. It's just all that energy, all those minutes are used up on a loss. And then now we got to go tomorrow night. I don't even know. I don't want to think about tomorrow night's game, but I'm feeling good, John. How are you doing tonight? Well, you I mean, good? <laughs> I was. I was really feeling good. I feel yeah, like there's a lot of positive things that happened in this game. You have to understand that Denver is still Denver. They might be 7-7 seven and seven this year. They've had a lot of issues as far as gelling and, and people who are injured and, and roster uh, malfunctions, if you will, in, in the world of health and safety protocols and things of that nature. So even though they were 7-7 seven and seven coming into this game, you f- you knew that they were the Denver Nuggets, and they're a team that we always have a hard time with. And then a lot of great things happened in this game, and you're like, look at these look at these Phoenix Suns. This is something to be happy about. And once overtime was, you know, we were headed to overtime. It, you get that feeling in your stomach again. You're like, oh, yeah, Phoenix Suns. You know, we we are now zero and two in overtime this season. We also had a loss earlier this month uh, against the Detroit Pistons. Another game where we were up big. We let the the lead slip away, and ultimately lost in overtime. So um, plenty to talk about, obviously, on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. If you're joining us, thank you. You are a true Suns fan. Either you, you <laughs> yeah, come here you, you come here to listen to what we have to say about the Suns or you come to hang out in the chat and talk to each other and, and commiserate in the misery. So we're all here together. We appreciate that you are here. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast at Suns Jam uh, wherever you get your podcast, uh, bright side of the sun podcast network is where you can find us. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, join us whenever we go live, which is after every sun's game. You can follow me on Twitter at sun's, uh, uh me personally, Dar- at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Lucy, and you can follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok uh, at Suns Jam. Uh, Jamsters, I'm definitely going to need a beer tonight after this one. I got a uh, drink right here. Look at me, look at Matt, Matthew. Sailor, Sailor Jerry's. Ooh, old Uncle sick. Uncle Matthew getting a little yeah, crazy tonight. Yeah, they, we're going to have to get a little Uncle crazy Maddie. tonight. So we're going to Uncle Matty. We're going to have to break this all down. So you know, Jamsters, pop them if you got them. Unless you're driving and you're listening to this tomorrow, yeah. don't pop them. Just don't and, do it. Uh, let's talk. Good advice by Matthew. Let's talk, sons.
right off the bat, I'm going to have to agree with Parker Ball EW17 in the chat. 100% need a beer after this one. How <laughs> yeah. disappointing is this loss to you, Matthew? Oh, man, it's crazy because you can start with just the positives. I mean, you have the Booker game this year. It's probably his second best game of the year, and it was really his kind of game. He was basically playmaking out there a couple bad threes here and there, but he got a couple to go down, get into the rim, drawing fouls, that hustle in the end. You have all that. Aiton, fantastic. Three games in a row. We got exactly what we wanted again. Chris Paul, 15 assists, 14 in the first half. Just everything. Mikael Bridges, the whole team, and we still lose a game with maybe a couple injuries on the horizon, and I'm just... It's very disappointing. I There's a lot of times in this game where I thought it was over. The Suns were going to take it, and then just stupid turnovers, stupid mistakes. They should never even exist. There's just these turnovers where Chris Paul, Devin Booker, whoever had the ball were just throwing it to the Denver Nuggets for no reason. I mean, they had the ball, and they could just start a play if they want. They can do whatever they want to start the offense, but instead like they would drive it to the rim dish it out to nobody that was there and turn the ball over. It really let the Nuggets back in. But I'm sure you're probably going to hit up on the uh, paint issues we have on defense because I'm not even sure how many points they scored in the paint, the Denver Nuggets, but I'm sure it was more than 70, right? It was like 80 points, man. It, was, I mean, it had to be. You know, well, I'll, I'll start with the positives, okay? There is there is a lot of positive things that did come out of this game. And you have to remember, even though it's such a disappointing loss, how we got to where we are is is – the glimpses of what this team could be again. It's this is the the 14th game of the season. And it's something that I mentioned after seven games is a good way to approach this season is seven games at a time. What are we doing seven games at a time? Cause essentially seven games is 10% of the season. So in little micro increments, how, how are we performing? And unfortunately with this loss in our last seven games, we've gone three and four after a five and two start. But you still see a lot of the promise that this team brings. We still have the offensive yeah. firepower. In that first half, everything was truly clicking. You look kind of across the board, and you see how Da still got it. Okay, it's you know he's he's a being aggressive with Jokic on him. He wants the ball. He's demanding it. Uh, but you also see that it's a, yet another team that has kind of unlocked what our weaknesses. And that's where they just attack the interior. You know, as you mentioned, the paint. Yeah. Even in the first half, the Suns were giving up points in the paint. And it's something that teams consistently are doing to try to put us in uh, either foul trouble or get the easy buckets. And they had 36 points in the paint uh, in the first half and ended yeah. the game, as I mentioned, with a total of 80 of their 130 <laughs> points in the paint, Matthew. It, that's unacceptable. Yeah. And, and do you think, you know, I've, I've mentioned it a few times that I think that part of the reason it's happening is because the Suns are being a little bit more risky on defense or maybe not being as aggressive on the front end because they know DA's behind there. Is it just negligence by our front court letting guys drive at will to the basket? <laughs> It has to be. I mean, I mean, you can only trust DA so much. He's playing a plus defense. He really is, but he still has to guard his man, especially when you're putting up with an MVP caliber player like Jokic. I mean, there's only so much he can do because Jokic, you have to watch him at all ends. I mean, if he's going to have the ball or end up getting the ball in the paint, he can do whatever he wants with the ball. He can, you know, pass it out, throw up his little ugly shots and they'll go in. So there's one reason, but also two. Oh, let me just quiet this. ESPN yeah. ad. I swear yeah. to God. It's already been a earlier. bad night. Um, <laughs> so anyways, what I was saying, but the guards, whoever wants to take it into the paint tonight, it was happening. Basically, they would take it to the paint, 
and get any easy shot, even if it was against Mikhail Bridges or Cam Johnson, who I've hyped up very much that can guard anybody on any opposing team, the Nuggets were scoring in there at will by little jump shots, little fadeaways where the hands were in their faces, but the bodies were so far away. It was basically they were giving them like two or three feet to do whatever the hell these they wanted. Gary Harris hasn't even had really a great season so far. This is like his second highest scoring game tonight. He got to the rim whenever he wanted. These players, that was what they that's what the Nuggets started to do, and that's how they finished the game, and that's how they finished the Suns. Absolutely. And you know, you mentioned Harris and Morris as well, Monte Morris. Both of these yeah. guys are not linchpins of offenses. You know, normally you're a little bit more scared scared of Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray ended with 18 points. Harris had 19. Morris had 17. And you yeah. look at it. Harris was eight for 12 from the field, one for three from downtown. So that's seven for nine inside the three point line. And Morris was six for 10 from the field, one for three from downtown. So that's five for seven from inside the three point line. These guys at will could waltz down the lane and DA's not, we don't want him out there fouling everybody. We want him to be aggressive DA. And and I I can't fault him because like you said, he's guarding an MVP caliber, caliber candidate. Okay. So this is just the defensive end we're talking about. And, Again, a lot of positive things. You mentioned a lot of them, and I don't want to, I don't need to spend a long, long time going into them. I want to. I want it so bad to sit here and talk about oh, how great it was watching Mikhail Bridges go six for six from downtown. How great it was yes. to see uh Chris Paul have such an amazing first half and drop those 14 dimes and just make this offense go, not worry about his own shot and just make make the offense go. How fantastic it was in the first half to see Devin Booker come out and go, you know what, this is going to be a Devin Booker game. And he had 19 points in the first half and ended the game with 31 points on 21 shots. I mean, uh, efficient again, six for six from from the, the three yeah. uh, free throw line. I'm sorry. No, yeah. But the the recipe remains, and I say it like after every loss, it's it's the same thing. The Suns do what the Suns do, and what is that? Quite simple. They start strong, and, and don't get me wrong, this was great to start strong. Typically, it's kind of we sputter a little bit. The second team picks us mm-hmm. up, they build a lead, and then we we kind of end that first half strong. And we did that again today, except we started strong as well. So we end up going to the going into halftime with a, a, a what a 13, 14 point lead. You know, you, yeah, it was closer than that, I think. But yeah, yeah I, I think it was 14 points at halftime. Was it 14? Okay. Yeah. And then the recipe is the same. The Suns start settling for threes. The opposition starts attacking the rim, which they did kind of the whole time. The yeah. Suns get in foul trouble and, and it, the game becomes kind of choppy. And this is a team that relies on rhythm and timing and passing. And then the Suns lead dissipates and then it becomes a struggle. And then you, you sprinkle in turnovers, 10 turnovers of their 14 turnovers occur in the fourth quarter. You're going to lose those games, and it's just so unfortunate because it's against a quality opponent, yeah. and it's on the first night of a back-to-back. Well, it's a quality opponent in the Denver Nuggets, but also a team that is 500. Well, they were 500, and they're kind of trying to find an answer. You know, they they now have uh, Michael Porter Jr. back, and I was kind of sad to see him back against the Suns. I know he's going to have minimal minutes, but he's an impact player, the guy they've been missing. So they're searching for this win. They need it more than the Suns do right now, really, to get back into this. Of course, it's a short season. Season. So when you're playing a team like this that's already going to be a playoff team, but aren't even in the playoffs that they started today, it's going to be even more of a taller task for the Suns. And that's what happened tonight. I mean, there's this is going to happen all season long. I mean, to blow a 14-point lead, that happens all the time in the NBA. It's just how you respond, how you don't turn it over in crucial moments in the game. And we see that over and over. I don't trust anybody still but DA's defense and just 
Javontre Ayton at the end of games. I just don't. Booker, sometimes, uh, he, great game tonight. Really great game. His hustle, he was the reason we had a chance in the end with that hustle and those rebounds he had at the end, especially turning the ball over, going down and blocking. This is the play of the season probably. Turning the ball over, going down and blocking the ball after what well, seemed to be an easy layup, like a, Le- a LeBron James block. Yes. And then returns the favor back to DA at the end, which should have been alley-oop, but he had to bring it back down and dunk. But just we're going to face this every night, dude. And I think we're there. The Suns are there as a team. We can compete with these teams. It's just whether or not we make the right decisions in the end of the game, and we just didn't. And you can blame a lot of it in the end. Looked good in the in the box score, but on the court, crucial moments, Suns could just not compete with the Nuggets. Well, I mean, they, they held their own. I mean, this is a playoff team, and they they push them to overtime no. in the limit. What, here's what killed us. It's It's really simple. The sun started doing the Eric Bledsoe. That, that's it, plain and simple. They started jumping in the air, not knowing where they're going to throw the ball, yes. and then turning the ball over. They did that like four times in the fourth quarter and once in, the, in overtime. Yeah. And that's the Eric Bledsoe strategy. I'm going to drive to the rim. I'm going to jump up. If somebody's there, oh, shit, where do I throw the ball? And then turn the ball over. And unfortunately, it cost <laughs> the Suns a game. And it wasn't just CP3. It was everybody on the team started doing it. Uh, campaign did it. You know, yeah, What is that? It's just it's indecision, and it's uh, Denver did a great job adjusting. You have to give them props. I mean, that's why they are a playoff caliber squad. That's why they're a team that now jumped us essentially in the standings or close to it. I think they're. I think we're still the four seed, if I'm not mistaken, because we're eight and six. Well, then they're eight and seven. But that's why they make adjustments. Mikael Bridges was lighting them up. So what they do? They made Mikael Bridges not become an offensive option when they play defense. They started, uh, you know. Their hands were out. They, they, they threw a couple zone plays at us. The Suns always kind of get flustered with zones, so they start jacking up threes. That was happening in the third. So all these different little things add up to the Suns just not co- being a cohesive unit yet and have the ability to overcome them and survive. And it looks like they, you know, they're close. They're almost there, but it's just there's a few plays, such as the NBA, that this occurs. And I think one the biggest play was the, the I'll say, the bullshit offensive foul called against – um, De- Devin Booker, you oh. know that would that would have put the Suns up four with him shooting a free throw. They go back, you shut, you, you watch it in slow mo, which I know the refs are doing. They're watching it slow mo, and they see that Harris is already he he's reacting to getting hit uh, with the elbow before he's hit with the elbow, and he's sitting there on the sideline the whole time with a rag in his mouth, acting like you know he's he's hurt. And then you see him pull it out, look at it. There's nothing there. There's no blood. There's no there's nothing there. No it was one touched it, him. no one touched him. He just fell over. You know, because he got beat. Booker beat him. He went up with the left hand. He didn't expect that. And that was a big moment. That was, it would have put us up 108 to 104. It brought it back back down to 106. They come down, they tie the game. And, you know, we kind of go from there. So I hate blaming refs. Uh, I think it wasn't, for the most part, a very well-refereed game. I think it was a dumb call on the other end for Monty to use his challenge because then we needed it a little bit later in overtime and we didn't have it anymore. Um, So, again, it's just some of those decisions. Yeah, some of those decisions by Monty came back and bit them in the ass, but uh, it, it just, it was a team that started off. I mean, the first half was probably one was one of the best first halves we've seen the team play. And then the fourth quarter was one of the worst. And coming into this, I don't know if you knew this, the Suns are last in the league in scoring in the fourth quarter. Oh, and right. yeah. And then they, they go and they pull this shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just their, their thing. You know, the third quarter, usually they do well. Uh, second quarter, they usually do well, but second quarter tonight was really just a three point game. They were actually, they were saved by some lucky threes tonight. I mean, they were there. Mikhail Bridges was on fire, of course, but 
there was a lot of those threes going in. I felt like maybe sure enough. I mean, Crowder had the bank and, you know, there was a couple where I just thought like if they could have, if they were to miss those, I feel like Denver could have took the lead going into halftime. And then in the third quarter, it was quickly turned over just because the Suns couldn't get the three going right away. The Nuggets cut, cut it close because the Suns defense was just not there. It was non-existent still. So we were lucky. And I feel like in the second quarter, get all those threes go down. Of course, I'm, gonna say that which makes no sense because i mean of course you got to make your shots but i'm just saying the second quarter kind of seemed like a fluke it was they were eight for 11 on threes mm-hmm. but i don't Not know sustainable. I, it, it wasn't i think that they know that and i still they're just working out the kinks still it's funny because we were sitting here like last week like we just need every we have everything down basically but we need Aiton we need Aiton to be that guy and now he is and it's just like we're kind of falling apart everywhere else a little bit even though tonight I mean you look at the the box score everyone looked pretty good it's just didn't turn out that well well yeah I mean when this when you end up with 126 points in your box score it's going to look good it's what's the end result and how did they get there and unfortunately you know kind of to your point not everybody is uh, – a lot of what the Suns were doing was unsustainable. So we'll go through some of the different uh, things that we saw, some of the box scores. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out to all the Jamsters who are joining us in the chat. Yeah. Uh, we truly appreciate it. If you're interested in coming on the show for our Jamsters Reacts uh, portion, just simply go to our Twitter page and DM us, and we'll send you a link, and we can come off, and you can sound off and you know ask us a question and or just kind of give us a take on what you saw tonight. Uh, if you care to join, um, uh, the F bomb is allowed on the sun. Bring, bring a drink podcast. too, right? So, yeah, yeah. Bring, bring, bring a drink. So, um, I do want to bring up real quick uh, what some of the people are saying in the chat. Uh, Raymond Gonzalez, I swear I better not hear anyone say how good the Joker is. He is an interesting player, isn't he? Yeah, I mean. I mean, what can you say wrong about him? Really? He does everything well, right on the court, right? He's no, not, a baby. I, don't, he's not I, I don't think so. He, he is a baby. Yes. No, he's, he's not. He's, a baby. he's very technically what was sound. Baby tonight. I mean, I'm not oh, going to root for the guy, but I like, I like you. I know you I, do. I know you do. Yeah. But, all right. So here's a couple things that I saw a couple times, a couple, multiple times when he get the ball in the block and he mm-hmm. turn around and he have uh Mikhail or cam on him, he would throw his arm. He would throw a shiver. And they would yeah. never call it on him because he's Nikola Jokic, and it's something yeah, that that's fine. That's the what space. he's supposed to do. Yeah, that's, but if, I, but if a superstar, but, dude. But yeah, but if if uh, uh, Devin Booker comes like this, yeah, exactly. You know, it's an offensive foul, and you know, it's a game changer. But Jokic does things like that, and I can understand the technically sound part of his game. Um, he's just so frustrating to guard, and you can't double team him because he throws. He, you know, he just he he pisses me off. That's what it comes. I down know to. he just he bleeds into the offense. He basically just he's like just molding his way around, and just, it's nasty. But I mean, he gets the job done. I just don't think he really whines a whole lot. I mean, he does kind of flop and like throw himself. Like he'll act like the guy's elbowing him, like against Aiden a few times. But mm-hmm. he doesn't do it too much. So, but I'm not going to, I'm not even going to talk about how I like the Jokic because I'm just a little upset right now. And I've had a few drinks. Okay. If you haven't noticed, okay. you know, yes. I don't even know yes. where I am right now. You are slurring. Uh, FBC 39 in the chest says we missed Dario tonight bad. And we did, you know, Frank Kaminsky yeah, came oh, out yeah. and he, he provided some really quality minutes. I feel in that first half, uh, he had a couple block shots, hit a couple threes. Mm-hmm. And it was really kind of, again, it was that perfect storm in the first half. But again, you know, sustainable, I think, is kind of the word that I keep coming back to. And I just didn't think it was sustainable. And then, of course, it wasn't 
we didn't really have yeah. that that presence. Uh, Aiden played a ton in the second quarter. He was or the second half. I'm sorry, he was gassed. He was winded, and he was still hustling hard. Uh, what was your thoughts on not having Dario tonight? Um, you know, it does suck. It, I still think I was thinking tonight. I'm like, it would be nice to have Whiteside on the team. You know, to come in off the bench. I'm, I don't know who's really a big fan of Whiteside, but. <laughs> Besides John, shut up. But, no, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of his 2K character. I, I love the fact that if we had him coming in off the bench to back up Aiden, we don't have to worry about the paint problems. We won it. Like we just won it. It would be that simple. That it would be it would be done and done for the backup position that we desperately need. But I was going to ask you too, would you rather have Dario or Cameron Payne? Because I feel like Payne had an off night a little bit tonight. He still did okay, but no one was really able to move the ball around besides Chris Paul, who got those 14 assists because everyone was hitting threes. Um, <laughs> would you rather have campaign on the roster or Dario? Cause I think they help us in every way, but Dario, of course, like I picked for six man of the year. I mean, him being out of the lineup, you just, you can see it going into the second quarter, how much we miss him every game he's out. Well, it's just, it comes down to that low post presence and somebody who's going to bat the ball uh, away from defenders and body somebody up. You know, he takes that big butt and he, he can throw it into Jokic's knee because Jokic is so goddamn big. Um, but Payne is yeah. definitely hurt. Ever since he twisted his ankle, the game season back, it hasn't been the same campaign that we're used to. We haven't seen the explosiveness. We haven't seen the playmaking. Yeah. 16 minutes for him tonight. He had one assist. Uh, it wasn't too long ago where he had eight assists in one half. Uh, so it's definitely his playmaking is missed. Uh, of course, I miss Dario, but I feel like if you have, I don't know, maybe sticks, throw him in there for five minutes. Uh, it, Damian it Jones, you know, I, I think that big bodies are something you can find to assist and kind of throwing some fouls at the opposition or creating kind of a defensive wall. But mm -hmm. playmaking is so unbelievably undervalued and it's it's actually something i have in my notes is as chris paul was making a bunch of those uh assists is it was the ball movement in that first half that was so yes. effective and it's something you have to appreciate because we led the the league in assists last year i think we're third in the league in assists this year somewhere along those lines and you know prior to that the suns were mid middle of the pack and you forget how amazing it is to have a team that has the ability to move the ball and then after I write that down, what happens? The Suns stop moving the ball. It's yeah. one and done possessions. It's kind of going back to the old MO that allows them to lose those leads. And, you know, I'm like, wow, I wrote appreciate it. And now I'm appreciating it even more because it's not happening. Yeah, and it stopped happening basically when the Denver Nuggets decided to put like barbed wire on the Suns. There was just a lot of times where the Suns would have the ball, and especially Chris Paul, where he would bring it up the court, try to set up the offense. But it was like, the Nuggets defenders were basically wrapping them in barbed wire. They couldn't move even off the ball. There was no movement. Even if there was movement, the coverage was just great. You know, it was like Deion Sanders covering these guys in the Suns trying to move and cut. It was just impossible. The Suns didn't match them on the defensive end. I think that was really a lot of it tonight. It's just the defensive end for the Suns, just not matching what Denver was doing mm -hmm. defensively. We've seen a lot. The, the Suns defense, of course, is one of the best in the league. But tonight, it was just they didn't have that effort. It was like they were kind of saving their energy on the defensive end because, I mean, every player that would have the ball coming up the court had an option to go to the lane, dish it off, whatever they wanted to do. But going to the lane especially was super easy for them because of all the, the – they had so much room to move. Every – like Gary Harris, mm -hmm. all, the, all the guards. So it was a super easy night, I feel like. Uh, a lot of great looks for the Denver Nuggets. 
Absolutely. And that's what happens when you get to the rim at will. And I think that, you know, Cam Johnson's performance is something we should talk about. Uh, One for six from downtown, five total points, um, two for seven on field goals overall, led the team or, you know, in in plus minus isn't something that's huge, but negative 14, 32 total minutes. And I know that Jay Crowder almost matched him. You know, he was two for seven from the field as well. Two for five from downtown. He had, he only had eight points and you look at where their value is. Obviously Cam Johnson's offensive value. He's somebody who, you know, is going to be open, could take the shot and in theory can make the shot. And I think ever since we've put him in that starting lineup, we haven't necessarily seen him take those opportunities. And, And that's understandable, right? You got DA out there. You got, uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and then Bridges is is playing well. So we're not asking him to be that firecracker anymore. But that's one thing that made that second unit so special was the fact that campaign can play make, and then Cameron Johnson could hit threes and drive to the rim. You couple that with the fact that his defense hasn't been stellar either. A lot of these guys that are getting to the rim are guys that he's guarding. You know, he's the he's the starting small forward. He's the guy who's tasked with like Will Barton, and Will Barton's getting to the getting uh, to the rim whenever he wants. I mean. Mm-hmm. A lot of of what Cam is doing with that first team unit hasn't translated as as well, and I'm, it'll be interesting to see one what Dem Book what the Suns going to do about Dem Booker tomorrow, and two if Cam is going to be part of that starting unit or if he's going to go back to putting Jay out there. What do you think? You know, I I don't know. I mean, Cam, it's a different kind of pressure, really. You know, going to the starting lineup for him. I mean, you're playing with a different group, of course, but I feel like he mixed well with other guys when they would mix and match the starting lineups in the in the bench. But he really, he was his best off the bench. And it wasn't anything against Cam when I said I wish he would just stay on the bench. It just, he thrived there. He was mm-hmm. great. He's a, he's a bench player right now. And he's just, when he's on the court now at the end of games now, I just don't feel the same way as I did before. Like when Cam would come in off the bench, get that, get that thing going, that shot, taking it to the rim. He was doing that a lot. No hesitation, taking anybody off the dribble. You saw that a lot. Now it's like a lot of the hesitancy. Like he basically is scared to like, he's like walking on glass, running on glass or whatever to where he's scared. He might fall through the court. That's what it looks like to me right now. And he needs to just get the confidence with that first unit. But it, I don't know. Is it too early? It's only been two games. So is it too this, early? This now to go back? Three. Is it? Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because it's yeah. three good eight games and you have to think about that too. I'm like, did it really open up a lot for Aiden or was Aiden just ready to turn it on? So I don't know. It's I, I think I think a lot of what you uh, you're referencing is he's just he's learning to play with that unit and he doesn't have the confidence because everyone else is expected to score and like he, yeah. he unless he's wide open he's not shooting the ball and then as the lineups are changing a little bit you're starting to see some different rotations that's when he'll kind of pick and choose his spots but it's just not falling for him right now and that's kind of the same oh, thing with Crowder and I know that in the preseason uh, we talked with hot hot hoops we talked with Brandon DePerno who uh, covers the Miami heat. And he said, that's the one thing about Crowder is you're going to love him some nights. Cause he can't miss. You're going to hate him other nights. Cause he can't hit. And unfortunately, yeah, he's, and, yeah. And he's hit that slump and we're seeing it firsthand. But that's the way Cam is too. When we came into the season, we knew he was a player that was basically one out of four games. He's going to give you four or five threes. He's going to be hot. The other games he's going to struggle and he's going to, sh- he's going to, sh- he's still going to shoot. Excuse me with a the stutter there. He's still going to shoot the ball. Like he's not going to hesitate, but I mean, it's only going to drop every other fourth game or so. That's just the way he is right now. Next year, he'll make the Mikhail Bridges leap to where I feel like defensively and everything else will kind of come together. No, we just we need him to really be somebody who has the ability 
to when called upon be a little bit more consistent. We're just missing that consistency right now. And it's on offense and defense right now. Again, I'm seeing this every night where teams are just attacking us and, and it's, it's a layup line. That was my notes for the last game that we lost. Who did we lose yeah, to last time? Is. Who knows? Who was our, was our last loss? Remember, dude. But it was, it was a layup line. It was just, they're coming any at will just coming in and DA is not going to go up there and foul. He's just going to, he's going to stay on his guy. Cause if he goes for him, it's going to be a pass behind him and, you know, he might knock that guy over and get a foul. So we got to stop the layup lines. We got to stop these guys from yes. getting ahead of steam and driving to the rim at will. And what that equates to is, you know, one, it's coaching. And two, it's having the ability to move your feet laterally quick and get in front. And you you, you, put, you get yourself two offensive fouls against those guys. Guess mm-hmm. what? They stop coming inside. Yeah, exactly. And I love the Jamsters, too. They, I mean, they just always back us up with info. Memphis was the last loss. So, I mean, if we mess up, well, we can't remember stuff. Uh, thank you for being there, Chance. Yes, we, 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 we really appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, some more notes that I wrote down on this game. Um, let's see here. We talked about that. We talked about that. Oh, so the poor start to the second. So uh, it was an interesting lineup that we saw out there. Campaign, Javon Carter, Abdul yeah. Nader, Jay Crowder, Frank Kaminsky. That lineup produced, I don't think, any points and gave up like seven or six. Yeah, uh, who wants to do something with the ball. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like they they can't form any real <laughs> offense. Again, campaign's playing kind of funny. Uh, they're playing okay defense, yeah. but not great. And remember when Monty Williams was really big last season on experimenting with his lineups, and because of it, we kind of lost some games. I'm starting to see that again. Like, oh, yeah. Like that's a funky lineup to put out there. Why? Why not bring in Langston Galloway? Remember that I, guy? Is he hurt or something? I don't think I mean, so. I like I like Nader. I do I do like him, but it was kind of too much Nader. I got to a point where I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. You maybe you're one or two minutes past due. Like you need to go back to the bench. Bring in Galloway. I don't know if if he's hurt. Something is going on. I just I don't know, John. I can't answer you. I don't like these lineup things Monty's doing. This is something like you said last year that's happened. That's why I didn't want the starting lineup to change. It's like just keep some consistency. Yes, yeah, stability. Please, just something so this group can get used to playing with each other. I don't, but I don't know. Now we're just a little jamsters too, a little mosh pit over here. Everyone just yelling at each other. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> what I what I I like what uh, P Dog Double O Six says in the chat. Fuck this loss. Getting ripped. Fuck, I hate losing. Uh, yeah. Hey, cheers to you yeah, and cheers to all of the jamsters. Some weights. Is that what he's talking about? Getting ripped? No, man. He's going to have himself a few drinks tonight. A few of those alcoholic, alcoholic beverages, you know. Sometimes it's just uh, you got to do it. So, um, <laughs> Grim Reaper, Darth Nader wants to start. LOL. That's funny. Darth Nader. That's a great Nader, nickname. Oh, man. I love that, dude. He needs to be what- good now. Yeah, he, he's got to live up to that one. Yeah. But that that's one of the things that I was taught. I, I think I tweeted out during the game is like, why not bring Langston Galloway in? What like when when these teams start to make runs against us, put in Langston and just be yeah. like, dude, one, you're quick, your shots too quick for anyone to guard. Pump in like two or three of those threes instead of having Jay Crowder take these contested corner threes that he just keeps bricking on. I mean, mm-hmm. unless something's up with Langston Galloway, we're fans, we're not inside sources, we're not gonna break yeah. news like um, he sprained his big toe and he's been out for three games. Before. You're not going to get that information here, but I'll tell you what I see. And I don't see Langston and we need some Galloway, man. Why well, need some Langston Galloway of the three point <laughs> land. 
It, it, if we if we're gonna lose, I'm not saying I'm not trying to put this out in the universe. But if Booker is out, maybe one or two games, maybe three. Who knows? They have to find a way to win at least two out of the three games or three out of the four games when Booker is out. Okay, we cannot waste these games trying to figure things out with the lineup. We have to make sure that we attack every game like it's the last. Because I'm just pointing that out there because this is what we go through every game or every season. Mm-hmm. Is there'll be an injury to Booker. We might be playing well. We'll. Like before, it was like we won two games in a row and Booker would get hurt and we would lose the next 10. Yeah. It's just, you know, focus on the I – know, I know the coaching staff will do their best, but I just – I want them just to know, you know, try to get some wins, even if Book's out, even if Chris Paul's out. I don't know what's going on right now outside in the outside world with these injuries, but I'm just worried about it right now. No, I'm, I'm definitely with and you. Give me updates. And, and, we, and we have the depth to do it. We really do, but it's going to have to be like Langston Galloway should start, you know. Yeah. All right. All right well, the boogie trend in the chat. I don't like Chris Paul being taken out at the seven minute mark and bringing him back with three nope. minutes left in the fourth. Me too. This is a Matthew Lissy staple. This is my right thing, here. Dude. So, so talk minutes. about what frustrates you when the way that Monty does these rotations. No, it's the five minute mark. I want all the starters back in, or else you're closing lineup to finish the game at five minutes, especially Chris Paul, even though he did jump over the air twice and turn the ball over. That's just something that frustrates me. But there is something that the Suns need to do this season. It's just have their starters in the game with five minutes left and who you want to close the game out. There's no exception to it. Rest Aiton came in, I think, with six minutes left or seven minutes left, which was good. But yeah, there's always one of them. There's always one of them that comes in too late. And I feel like it just messes everything up, messes up the groove. Because no matter what the score is in the NBA, the last five or six minutes, anything can happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and Chris Paul showed his ability to come out and hit those mid-range jump shots, and they were effective. It's like, well, we could have used that two or three minutes ago before we yeah. let this team all the way back in and kept that buffer. I mean, that's what this game became. It became. I was watching a shitty game show last night. Uh, we watched Will of Fortune, which was weird, and then we watched this thing on ABC. It's called The Chase. Have you heard of this show? It's a stupid premise. So essentially, they've got like three of these geniuses guys who – uh, Ken Jennings and other guys who've been on like Jeopardy and won millions of dollars. And they sit at the top of this podium. And then I've got to answer a bunch of questions. And based off of those questions, I develop a bank. And then essentially I'm like three questions ahead of one of the geniuses. So I get a question, you get a question or me and the genius get the same question. If I answer it right, I move closer mm-hmm. and I have to answer six questions and I get to keep the money. And if they, if I answer it wrong and they answer it right, they move up on me and they keep, you know, the, the, the chase keeps coming. And I feel like, I had a point and I completely. <laughs> hey, you're just like me. <laughs> what was my point with the chase? I don't remember. Anytime, I'm sorry, Jansters. No, okay. Anytime I'm talking and my eyes go, I forget my point. So <sighs> you just got to try to put it together with Scott. Oh, tape, that's how John. the Suns have been playing that where the okay. other team's constantly chasing them. And we always have like a four point buffer. It's like, we keep answering the question, right? And that's what kind of killed us at the end is we couldn't get defensive stops. The last five minutes of the game, you knew it was going to happen. Why? Because we play Denver every year, three times a year, and they do the same shit, and they beat us every year doing it, is they just start running the pick and roll with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic on one side of the court. The other three players are standing off in fucking la-la land. And you know yeah. what? I'd rather have one of those guys beat me with a three than Jokic or Murray beat me with a two because it is yeah. so much more high percentage. It's ridiculous. No, no, you're totally right. And I just... 
there was just no effort really. I think the Suns, what they looked like was they were scared to foul them. Like they were scared to get too close for the Nuggets to draw a foul. And that might have been something that they were thinking the whole game because that's what it looked like. So very well, disappointing. Aiden ended with three fouls. He could have wasted a couple more on Jokic there at the end. And really, yeah. you know, slap his wrist hard. I mean, Jokic did it to him one play. Yeah. He got the ball on a pass. Mikhail Bridges is driving baseline, hits him in the middle. He goes up and whack. Yeah, I mean, but, why not put a little sting in it? Go hit those free throws yeah. while you can't feel your forearm. No, you're right. But I liked I like Aiden on the offensive end. Under like Van Gundy actually pointed it out, where he was just saying he makes himself available on the offensive end to get the board again for second chance opportunities. He did that, and he's been doing that a lot. And I love that because there's a lot of times when um, Chris Paul, Mikael Bridges, Mikael Bridges did at the end of the game where he didn't have a really good shot, but he just threw it up there. He knew Aiden was there, and Aiden could put it back. That's where he's been so good on the offensive end on the boards. I think that's uh, that's something that Suns haven't had in forever. So we just got to cherish that a little bit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's good stuff right there by Aiden. And, and, and he's not retreating. I think that's the key. Yeah. So many times, like, Aiden would retreat on, on the offensive end, mm-hmm. and those are easy points, man. If you're right there, you could put it right back. That's easy points. But I think – I feel like – in certain matchups, and we see this in certain matchups, where he know he's where he knows he's going against somebody who's really athletic, he's mm-hmm. already trying to run back because he doesn't want to get beat. When you play against Nikola Jokic, you know the one thing: the guy's not going to outrun you. He's technically sound. He's a great passer. He has the ability to get to the rim, kind of at will due to his physicality. But he's not a physical uh, speed demon going down the court. So Aiden could cheat a little bit. Exactly. I was just going to point that out. Yeah, I mean, he, he had six offensive rebounds, and a lot of those uh, equated to, to putbacks. So kudos to him for that. He's not a speed demon, <laughs> Jokic. Yeah. yeah, definitely not. He's not getting pulled over on the Loop 101 for going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. He's getting pulled over because he's going like 35, and he's in the fast lane. And if he is, I know that person. They always get in front of me when I'm driving. They're always in front of you, dude. Dude, it's a running joke in my family how every time I'm driving, I go the speed limit. I might go five to ten over the speed limit, okay? I'm an American. That's how I drive. And no matter what, I get the person who, whatever the speed limit is, they're doing five under in the fast yeah. lane. It's a, like every time. And it just I I'm I yell. I, I get bad. Um, next thing I want to talk about as as it pertains to this son's unfortunate loss is uh, a question that I saw on Twitter. And this is from at Surging Suns. And he goes, who is our no, 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 yes guy? Hmm. So first explain what that is and then tell me who you think that is on this team. <laughs> No, 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 yes. So what that is is when a player does anything on the court, usually it's when he takes a shot, right? It takes like a long three or just does something out of the ordinary. And you're just like, no, no, no. But then, yes, he makes it. And for that, I think that's how I describe it. For that, I think I know who your answer is, but I think it's Dario Saric still for me. No matter what he does on the court, I'm like, no, no, no. Every movement he makes on the court, I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. And then he comes out on top sometimes this season. He's been a little bit better with the refs and getting the calls. But uh, who's your guy for that? It's Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, Frank yeah it's, it's Frank Kaminsky. Like, every time he's open for a three, you're like, no, no, no. And then if he hits it, you're like, yes. Every time he dribbles and goes to the rim, it's no, no, no. And it doesn't end typically end with a yes. It's just no, yeah. no, no. Shit. What are you thinking, Frank? <laughs> so he's my no, 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 yes guy. I thought that was a great thing. That's something I know that Bill Simmons typically talks about on his yeah. podcast yeah. is who the no, 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 yes guy is. So uh, I thought that was kind of a funny question. Um, I guess it's that time of the show. Uh, God, you know what? We haven't even done. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Watch 2021. 
Another solid game by DeAndre Ayton, uh, the guy who sparked so many Twitter arguments after going eight and five against the Washington Wizards, went eight and five in the first quarter tonight against the Denver Nuggets. Tell me what you saw from Ayton and how much do you love this guy? I mean, it's everything in the last two games. He's been fantastic. He he wasn't as fierce tonight, but he didn't have to be, of course, because he's playing against Jokic, who can't jump over a nickel, so you don't have to do too much to try to dunk the ball. But he brought everything that we wanted to bring. He's been doing it most of the season. Now he's putting up the stats to go along with it. Um, he was super tired, too, in this game. And it, it, the only thing against Aiden that I see is like just his body language of being tired. And then I always think that he's thinking about the game tomorrow and he's just like, Oh shit. Like we're going to overtime. Fuck. I have to like, I still have the game tonight. You know what I mean? Like I have to go play my video games. I'm not gonna have time tonight. Cause of overtime, that's the stuff I think about when I see his body language a little bit, but he does. Okay though. Cause what I love with Aiden is he's hustling up and down the court, no matter what. And he gets rewarded a lot now. And, the thing, too, is I think Booker's really putting the ball in the right place on the alley-oops. He's really hitting him now in this game. And I think he Aiden's making Booker better, too. I think Booker knows, like, Aiden's going next to the next level, so Booker has to, too, to try to compete. Not to compete, but to be the better teammate still. So I think that helps Booker in the long run, too, as well. Absolutely. I think that he's being rewarded for the effort he's putting in. I think Devin Booker's rewarding him because of the effort he's putting in. Uh, what Vincent Stefanelli says in the chat is spot on. He's the redeeming quality in this game. As you take a look at this game and all the ups and the downs and what worked and what didn't, and Chris Paul, 14 assists in the first half, one in the second uh, half, just like last game where he had a ton in the, of assists in the first half and did nothing in the second half, or maybe it was vice yeah. versa. Um, Aiton is the guy who's just been kind of uh, that stabilizing force, and it's kind of weird to say that considering three games ago everybody wanted to trade him and get him out of town and this guy's no good and you know all the the, the outside of his house there was a pitchfork and a mob and they were ready to you know put him on a bus and ship him out you know up to sacramento or something and yeah. you know now in a tough loss against an mvp candidate you know you're like you know what deandre is playing all right you know and, and obviously we'll say the same thing we said before like it needs to continue he can't take games off he needs to be that that force and i think that my biggest takeaway was the fact that in that, what was it, the fourth quarter, third quarter, third quarter, he was gassed. They had him play. He came out at halftime and he was playing all the way until like the three minute mark and was gassed. Yeah. And like in between possessions, his hands were on his knees. He was huffing and puffing. He'd stand up once the whistle call. He'd go, he'd set a pick. He'd, he'd go towards the basket. He'd get mm -hmm. an opportunity down there. Uh, there was one play where, you know, after a rebound, a defensive rebound, the Suns pushed the pace. Booker pushed the pace and he sprinted. And he got rewarded yeah. for it. And that, that those are the kind of things that he'll see. And he, and he sees, he's like, oh, if I put this effort in, holy shit, it's an easy two points. So he's yeah. definitely, uh, Aiden Watch is going strong. And I well, guess that, go ahead, go, please. Oh, sorry, just really one more thing. It, it's funny how things turn around where uh, Aiden is basically now the guy who's going to be yelling at other teammates for not hustling and not doing their job. That's seriously turning around so quick to where it was just basically everyone yelling at Aiden. You saw it in this game. I feel like Aiden, they were like, oh, Aiden was calling because he thought it was foul. Like he was yelling, but I feel like he was yelling at his teammates a lot of the time just like to, to help him out a little bit. God damn, he's the only one over six foot on that team, I feel like. <laughs> he's the only one who has any kind of presence. I think he was just pissed off because his fellow defenders were just, he was letting the, the layup line happen. He's like, come yeah. on, guys, like at least bump him or do something or get in front of him. You know, he's like, no, you know, if it sounds one and I was going to rip my shirt off. So <sighs> didn't happen. I was really looking forward Sorry, to it. Really and nipple tassels underneath too, dude. We missed yep. out on all that. I wasted the whole thing of glue on them. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs>
Jam, star of the game. So if you are watching along live in the YouTube chat, remember a couple things. Hit the thumbs up button. Ba-ding! Hit the subscribe button. Ba-dong! And tell us who you think your jam star of the game is. Uh, we just went off kind of about DeAndre Ayton. Is that who your jam star of the game is, Matthew? Or is there somebody else that you have in mind? No, I'm choosing Booker. I think Ayton had a solid, solid game, of course. But Booker, I just I saw a different Booker tonight. I mean, there were still some mishaps with the ball. For some reason, when he's dribbling the ball, it looks like he's he's like handling a drink in his hand. On the other hand, it's just something he's doing and losing the ball. Him and Chris Paul need to just dribble the ball and look at each other for 24 hours or something <laughs> in, in like a thunderstorm because they're having issues with handling the ball because I just don't trust him down there. But yeah, Booker did great because I think he just really had the play of the game and maybe the play of the year with that block and then the reward to eight on the other side. And then after that, the and one that should have been. And then after that, that rebound that he got to Cam Johnson, that should have been a, uh, that he got hurt on. Like mm-hmm. those plays were just, before that, I was like, he's jam star. But then even after those plays, I was like, he's for sure jam star. It's a big reward for him. I hope he hears this. I hope he's honored and resting and he can play tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, I hope he is too. You know, <laughs> He's probably just leaving the arena right now, putting the podcast on and catching up. So he might not hear this for another 30 minutes yeah, or so. But at the same time, like he, he did have a fantastic game. Uh, I, it was nice to see Booker have kind of that aggressiveness. I think a lot of that comes from the fact that he's playing against Jamal Murray. They're both Kentucky guys. Uh, he's probably trying to one-up him, show him, hey, I'm the better player. There's clips of them at the past. You know, you got to remember, he doesn't really like you. They don't really like each other. They're kind of, it's competitive. I don't know if it's a personal yeah. thing, but on the court. The they don't, yeah, exactly. The arrow yeah. thing, you know, from a season ago or two seasons ago. So uh, you definitely got to give Devin Booker props for his efforts. Um, I'm going to give it to DeAndre Ayton. I just am, you know, Booker yeah. five, his five turnovers. He's currently third in the league in turnovers per game. He had five more tonight. Uh, yeah. Some of those coming in the fourth quarter. So again, like I, it, it's hard to forgive turnovers that end up costing the team, the game, not a You're big right. fan of that. You know I mean? He had one turnover in the first half. And he ended the game with five. So uh, not a fan of that. Whereas D eight, De- uh, Deandre Ayton, 27 points, 13 boards, six of those on the offensive board. And five for five from the free throw line, which is one thing I absolutely love, is the fact that we have a big man who shoots as efficient as he does from the free throw line, because that's huge. I mean, look at Shaq. Shaq averaged 13.6 free throws a game, I think, in his career. Mm -hmm. Don't quote me on that. Um, But when you shoot him 60% clip, that's not worth it. You know, DA's got a, a great stroke, and he scored those 27 points on 11 for 13 shooting. Like, I just I I'm I'm fanboying over how much I love DeAndre Ayton and how great he's been over these past few days. It's just great to finally see this. It's great to just have everyone shut the fuck up about it. It's just great. It's like let the guy be who he is. He's gonna be fine. There's other areas that we need to focus on. We need to focus on you know some sort of backup to him uh, because he's we're the injuries. Marvin Bagley, and, Marvin Bagley bring him <laughs> on in. I don't give a shit. Um, but, uh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're but, good. Uh, I was done talking. Oh, okay. I was going to say too, and there's a lot of plays, man, where the Suns are still missing him, and especially Chris Paul. I just, I mean, of course, for me to see it on TV, I'm like, he is wide open, but he is catching the ball. We remember how much he would fumble the ball. Now everything is sticking to his hands. He had one late in the game, but Chris Paul threw it like off of his foot. First, yeah. Chris Paul missed Mikhail Bridges on a cut to the basket, and Mikhail Bridges wide open for three. And then he ran to the basket and missed him. And then he threw a terrible pass to DeAndre Aiden. It's like, we can't have that. Like, 
<laughs> I hear you, but I think I one like of the reasons. Here, I, but I feel like I one of the reasons him. Da is catching the ball is it's the focus. He knows yeah. he's going to get rewarded for it now. Like in the past, he was kind of tentative to be ready for those passes because he didn't know if somebody's going to shoot it or not. And now he knows like they're going to him, and he's going to have yeah. to do something with it. So he's he's very focused. So uh, if you go through the Jamster chat, we have uh, Jermaine says Aiton and Mikel for co Jam Stars. Infinite tranquility <laughs> bridges his mind, and that's somebody who we haven't probably talked about enough on this yeah, podcast. We'll yeah, talk man. about him here in a second, uh, but bridges for him, uh, Austin Phillips bridges because I think he needs this shooting confidence. Uh, Raymond Gonzalez, DA is the jam star. Uh, Gary Harris, awesome acting. That, that was so that pissed me off. So I threw my hat on the ground, like my poor neighbors underneath me. I was so pissed when that happened. Yeah, I dropped a very juicy Sorry, at that time. Uh, Travis going to be eight and again. Let's see. Uh, no Booker love. Wow, surprising. <laughs> but Buck Dog. I wanted to say Paul, yeah. but his second half just meh. And I, I, yeah, I know. agree with that 110. <sighs> percent uh, You know, so he says Mikhail 24 and 10, four assists two. Great game for him. We'll talk about that here momentarily. Um, Vince Stefanelli says Da. So again, you know, a lot of Da love and Mikhail love. Um, and we'll talk about Mikhail right now. Uh, you know, 24 points, 10 rebounds, yeah. six for eight from downtown, eight for 15. He is truly maturing into a, a viable threat. It's just, I think that it was good defense by the, um, by the Denver <clears throat> Nuggets shutting him down because he had 17 of those 24 in the first half. Yeah. And they, they shut him down kind of after that. They, they made it a little bit harder for him to get open looks, and he didn't score again until really late. But what do you no, think yeah. of Mikhail tonight? I mean, he was amazing. It, it's crazy every time he does shoot and shoot the three, and then he's he's getting it going from downtown. You always hear from almost every announcer. It's like they hear from Monte Williams talk about how he needs to shoot more, be more confident because he's such a great shooter from downtown. You just don't realize that from Michael. I don't feel like you realize his potential to a full yet, just because he. I feel like still holds back a little bit. He had that thirty-two point game. Um, but there's a lot he can still do on the court, and he showed it all tonight. Um, I just think that he's still missing the offense a few times with passes that are here and there that he should be delivered the ball, but it doesn't happen as much as it should. I think he still isn't close to being as good as he's going to be, of course, but he just tonight's stat line was just it was I was blown away. Why did I pick Booker as my jam star? I think Booker earned it though. If he's hurt, just give it to well, me. I mean, 31 points. I mean, I get it. He looked different yeah. tonight. It, we've been very critical of Booker as of late. What's wrong? Why are we not getting the same kind of Booker? And this is his second 30-point uh, performance of the game, or of the season, I'm sorry. And it's nice to see that. So I can get where you're coming from, but I just think that Aiton and Bridges definitely outplayed him. So you're yeah. wrong. And that's what that... I know. It's the turnovers. It is, yeah, it's those it's damn turnovers. Thing, man. Those damn turnovers. So, it's for no reason. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So you, look, you look at what's up next, and we have the Suns playing again tomorrow night versus Denver, 7 p.m. So it's going to be another uh, tough game. Kind of what are you looking at as we look forward to that game, Matthew? Well, tables have turned again. We're, we're saying now, help Aiden out. Help him out. Before it was Aiden, help somebody out. Now it's just... God, everyone needs to help Aiden down there because he is the center of the offense and the defense. And I mean, I kind of predicted that a year and a half ago. That's what I wanted for Aiden, and it's actually happening. And I can't help but like keep a pillow on my lap during the whole game. But it, you know, things it's going to fall down when this offense and defense can't help Aiden out. And it's just 
it, that's what needs to happen tomorrow night for them to win. And they need to sign Whiteside tonight and have him ready here in Phoenix for tomorrow night's game. Uh-huh. Yeah, that ain't <laughs> happening. Okay. Um, I'll tell you this. Uh, it's going to be tough, especially we don't know the status of Booker. If anybody in the chat knows something that we don't, obviously we go live right after this. So I don't watch a post game. I'm not hearing what anybody's saying. If, if there's any yeah. word on Booker, that'd be great. His hamstring at the very end was unfortunate, uh, especially with those last two possessions. Like we could have used him so bad. I mean, we're, we're down one point. We got two stops, and we had no Booker, and we just couldn't generate the offense. And in fact, Eddie Johnson said it on the broadcast. He's like, Paul was looking for Booker, and he realized he wasn't out there. Like, you know, he he, he turned to look, and there's campaign staring at him. He's like, what? The, who the fuck are you? I um, know, exactly. So it's going to be a tall task tomorrow night. The team has the talent. The team has the depth. Uh, you're just going to have to replace what Devin Booker brings. Now, know that Devin Booker hasn't had the best start to the season, and the team still played well around him. That goes to the depth of this team. They expect to see more of Javon Carter shots, Langston Galloway shots, things of that nature. And it's just a matter of trying to put a big enough buffer on those nuggets so at the end of the game, they can't just go into Jokic bully ball and try to deplete a lead. I mean, we were at the game last year where the Suns were up like eight in the last five minutes, and that's just what they did. On every set, they just run it through Jokic and Murray, and they chip away at you. And if you don't, if you don't have the answer on the offensive end on the other side, you're screwed. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just saw a replay of that Booker foul thing. I just, I think this was a well-played game. There were some turnovers, and I think the refs just, this is another screwball game where we just got screwed because if they get up by five, I mean, I think the game's over. Like, we just handled it from then on. That just pisses me off. Why does this keep happening in the Suns every year, no matter who we have on this team and how good we are? Yeah, we always get those. And and what's (sighs) funny is, like, I watch other games. Uh, You know, I'm an NBA connoisseur. And I don't think so many games get ended with like really shitty calls, blatantly shitty calls by the refs more than I'd see the Suns. Now, obviously, I have that affinity for the Suns. I'm obvious. I'm hyper focused on it. So maybe I'm wrong. And if you're, if somebody's a fan of another team, they probably or like, yeah. no, we get screwed all the time too. But like with the Suns, it's perpetual, man. Like I, for the most part, I'm like this is a well refed game. Like it's pretty even. Like the Suns. Yeah shooting a ton of threes and not getting to the free throw line in the first half. I'm like, that's not sustainable. Here we go again. And then that foul call happened. I'm like, Oh, there it is. There's that bad call that, and then they review it and they look at it and and it's like, you called it one way on the court. You have to be definitive. I want to see that guy bleeding all over the place. I spewing blood because it was such an obvious offensive foul. And they're like, well, you know, it kind of looked like it's like, what does this kind of look like? Bullshit. We never get those calls. I've never seen that ever. And they just reverse it to the other person fouling the other, the other player fouling the other player. That never happens. It never I happens, think. but it happens all the time to the fucking Suns. It have, it, it's uh, like we're a team mad. on the rise, dude. We're, we're a team that's really trying to find themselves. And we, we're in the NBA. We're going to be a competitor in the, in the playoffs. And then just get screwed. Like, I just, just still no respect at all. That ref should be like, never mind. <sighs> I'm just so upset now. Yeah, you got me pissed. Well, we're at the back end of this podcast. There is one segment that we keep meaning to bring to life, and I've yet to do it, and that's the Jam Session Predicts. And that's oh, yeah. where Matthew and I predict the next game, and we're just going to say we, we can predict scores and do all that stuff, but we're going to keep a running tally of wins and yep. losses. So if if I say that the Suns are going to win tomorrow uh, and they win, I get a point, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, and you know what, Jamsters, you're here enough and Matthew's bored. He can read in the chat. Tell us who you think is going to win tomorrow. Is it going to be a Suns win or a Denver Nuggets win? And we'll do our best to kind of keep track of the standings. So I'll start with you, Matthew. How do you feel about tomorrow? Do the Suns win? Do the Suns lose? And do you have a final result in mind? Yeah, I think the Suns do win tomorrow night. 
even if Booker is out, I think someone just said in the chat that he's not playing tomorrow, probably, that Monty thinks that. So if he doesn't play, I feel like the Suns will come in and win the game for him. I think the Suns win 122-110, and they make 15-16 to 16 threes tomorrow night to help him win. Okay, I like it. Uh, I'll look at it like this. Okay, this is going to be the third time the Suns have played a back-to-back this season. Do you know what their record is in the first game of those back-to-backs so far? Yeah, 0-2. Just kidding, now. I don't know. It's 0-3 now. We're is 0-3. It? Yep. So we're 0 and 3 in the first game of back to backs. Uh, is that right? Yeah, who cares? I don't care anymore. Doesn't matter tonight. I don't care anymore. I'm getting graded on this. Suns win tomorrow. I just know that they make adjustments. Monty's good at making adjustments when it's game to game. I just don't think he's good at making adjustments in the game. Here's what Monty, here, here's Monty, okay? Monty is great at making adjustments at halftime. You see it almost every game. We're one of the we're the fifth highest scoring team in the NBA in the third quarter. We average like 30 points a game yeah. in the third. So he has these, and, and we saw this in the bubble too. It was great halftime adjustments that led to a lot of those wins and uh, a lot of teams not playing their superstars. But at the same time, in quarter adjustments, like pulling Chris Paul with seven minutes left and bringing him back with four during a critical part of the game, uh, some of these rotations and things like that, he hasn't necessarily had the best uh, adjustments. But he has had really strong adjustments going into the game two of back-to-back so we saw that against the kings we saw it against the nuggets the first time we played them so we won that one because we we beat uh the jazz before that too so that was, that was our other back-to-back this season so we're we're two and oh in those games i'm saying we go three and oh there uh yeah the pacers i think we beat them too they I have to win tomorrow they, they have, have to win, win tomorrow there's just so much right now they're eight and six eight and six drops us it's so uh condensed in the west right now uh it's it's gonna be a big win if we can come out and do it so uh, you know, let's go get that W tomorrow. Let's sit here tomorrow night on a Saturday night. Let's pop open a beer of celebration, Jamsters. Let's not pull one, pour one out for a, a shitty call by a bad ref and guys who clearly can't see anything when they watch things in slow-mo replay. Yeah. Get this scowl off my face. I can't get this off my face. What is this? I don't know. It's pissed off is what it is. So you got anything else for the Jamsters out there tonight, Matthew? Man, I don't. I really don't. Just sleep tight, you know. It's wake up, go. I don't even know what to say to you. I keep telling myself this. It's early in the season. We're 14 games in. We have 58 to go. Once you say it like that, it's like, damn, dude, the season's long. Like, yeah. Who are we going to trade now? Who should we trade, Chris Ball? Should we get Ricky Rubio back in here? I think he would have hit some of those passes to Aiden and Bridges. Yeah, but he would have missed missed those jump shots that Chris Ball hit. I don't know about that. I don't know either. But uh, thank you again. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast (laughs) network, thank you for doing so. Please rate, subscribe, and review. If you are watching via Facebook and Twitter, awesome. If you're watching on YouTube, fantastic. Hit subscribe. Hit the thumbs up button. We appreciate it. Uh, If you want to follow us, you can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm Matthew Lissy. Follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. And you can follow the Sun's Jam session on Twitter at Sun's Jam. Thank you so much. We hit 500 followers today. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, man. thank you very much. That was awesome. Big milestone there. It's nice to uh, know that there's other people who suffer as much as we do. So uh, thank you for joining us for this therapy session. We really appreciate it, everybody. Have a great night, and we'll see you back here tomorrow once the game ends. And we'll probably have a special guest on, so I'm not going to tell you who that is yet. All right, everyone, go home and put a pillow to your family. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Love you guys. guys.